mandatory golf practice protocol. Things you absolutely need to be doing to play better golf. We're digging in, diving deep. My name is Tim Connor. I'm the host of this podcast, PGA member, coach for a long time, all that stuff. Doesn't really matter. What matters is your path to playing better golf and that you have an understanding, a vision for how you're going to get to where you want to be, wherever that place is. It's going to evolve. It's going to change. Things move with time. But your fundamental understanding of how to swing, practice, all the protocol, all that framework type stuff, that should be relatively intact. Mandatory practice protocol. I think this is so important because it's something that isn't done often enough by by the golfing amateur public. Let's let's start with your typical, what I see most people do. Most people go play golf on the weekends. They might hit a bucket of balls during the middle of the week. Often when they're hitting that bucket of balls, it's not very purposeful. So that's a little clue. Not today's clue, but that is a clue. So when you're hitting your bucket of balls, have something that you're working on, you're working through. Do some drill work, do some skill work, do some technique work, do that stuff. And then you show up and play on the weekend. And when when you play on the weekend, it's often an important round of golf. Like it's your tournament. It's what's important to you. So during that time, it can be hard to practice. Practicing on the course is so fundamental to your learning curve. I think it's one of the most underrated and undervalued versions of practice. All right. Now playing nine holes of golf in a practice setting, I think is the most underrated version of practice. Because if you say you're developing something on the range, how are you going to learn to trust that thing on the course? It's not really going to happen if every time you go play, you're playing for an important round of golf. You're going to learn to trust it during a practice round of golf, a practice, a practice nine holes. And that's exactly what this practice nine holes is for. It's to get out and trust new things, develop new shots, work on the thing, the www.whatdoisuckat.com, work on that thing and work on it and drop a ball here or there. That's, it's so important that you're able to do this because this is how trust is built. This is how skill is built. And then if you want to trust something when the time matters, you have to have those reps when it doesn't matter as much. And basically, we want to be able to draw off that subconscious when it really matters. So, for example, you're playing your buddies for a beer on the 18th hole. It's even Steven. You have 135-yard approach shot, pins on the left side of the green. You need to be able to envision the shot you want to hit, trust that you can hit that shot, which ideally is a little draw working to a left side pin, and um, be able to draw on previous experience. That is the beauty of a practice round, a practice nine holes. I think part of the disconnect with the practice nine holes is for some people it's very difficult because, you know, they, they envision golf as being an 18-hole round and, and that's what it is. Maybe it's difficult to even think about playing nine or paying for nine at your golf course. Go do it during twilight during the week. Go play late in the day. Go play nine holes. Go play in the morning before work. Go play nine holes and just kick it around. Like, have fun. Hit different shots. Experiment. Tinker. Work on the things that you should be working on this is your practice prescription so you can learn to trust things when you get to the golf course. I can't say it more importantly than that is that you need to take the time to develop habits when it matters less so that it shows up when it matters more. Now there's a few versions of this playing nine holes practice I kind of want to give you as a framework for you to go practice. I would say the first is just like go play a loose nine nine holes. Drop a ball whenever you think you want to hit another shot, whenever you want to try it again. 
Um, just go play loose. Go have fun. Go hit shots. Put no pressure on yourself. And drop a ball wherever you feel like it's applicable. Now, p- pace of play is important. So we can't just abandon that and we can't hold people up. And there needs to be a balance there. But that's why playing in the evening, playing twilight is kind of a hack generally depending on where you're at, because you can get out there and there's not going to be a steady flow of people. So you can kind of find a gap and take your time when you need to. But even still practicing, you can still play plenty quickly enough. Maybe you pick up some time on the other parts of the course where, you know, you typically would be grinding more, grind less, that kind of thing. Another version that I think works really well is go play go play a little nine-hole challenge with your friends. Go do something and give yourself a little a little goal before you start like if you're a fader say hey every day i'm gonna every shot today i'm gonna work my ball to the left i'm gonna draw every shot today or maybe you're a high ball hitter and you work on hitting your low ball shots that day play a little game with your friend a little match play a little little something for something that isn't that meaningful to you right we all have pride we're all competitive everybody has some amount of ego play for something that you know, it isn't that big of a deal because this is where you can really start to blend that thing of I'm trusting this thing on the range. Now I'm trusting it on the course. Even when it matters just a little bit, I'm starting to trust it. Now I'm going to be able to trust that thing on the golf course when the pressure's on. So much of, of that learning cycle is just that. It's, it's a circular cycle of learning new skills, learning to trust new skills making those skills subconscious, refining those skills, and back around the circle we go. Because golf is kind of this evolutionary type learning curve. You get good at one thing, but then you gotta get better at another thing. And maybe you get better at that other thing, and this thing suffers. So you have to pick and choose your battles of, hey, where do I need to develop my skills? What am I good at? Where is my opportunity to improve? And that's where things like like an 18 birdies app can be a good tool for you. You can kind of see strokes gained. You can get your different metrics, your statistics. 18 I have most of my students that like keeping track of their metrics. 18 birdies gets a lot of really positive feedback. And I've gotten in to look at the back end of their stats and stuff. And it is good. It's a good user interface. So consider that if you need something for helping you keep your statistics and having a more organized, detailed plan for for how you're going to get from where you are to where you want to be. Another thing I would encourage you to do during these practice rounds is think creatively. So for example, uh, maybe drop a ball where you have to hit a shot that you're not that good at or something you haven't done in a while. Maybe you got to hook one around the trees or maybe you got to hoist one up over the pine tree in front of you. This This is what these nine holes are for. It's to have fun, to bring the pressure down allow your creativity to spark so you can do things when the time comes that really matters. I mean, really so much of, of if we're to condense down all this stuff we've rambled about today, it's taking, we want to develop skills, but then we want to learn to trust those skills on the course. And that isn't going to happen. Run this back. It's not going to happen if you haven't practiced at a scale at which you can develop it. When the shot matters the most, if you're playing an 18-hole match on Sunday with your friends and the shot that matters the most, the swing you know is going to show up. So you have to practice the swing you're working on during things like practice rounds, practice nines, on the range, on the range with a little added pressure, on the range with a little visualization of your shot in front of you. Okay, There's layers to learning, and um, that's kind of the beauty of golf 
as a whole is you don't just wake up. It's not black and white. You're not just going to learn something and the next day it's yours. It's yours in phases and then there's phases of ownership and we want that ownership ultimately to really become subconscious and and really that's where the highest levels of golf end up getting played is when you can just go out visualize shots rely on your subconscious to hit shots and it just kind of happens it's happening it's a flow state kind of environment because you've put the reps in to get to that point that's the big because so for you to get to a point at which golf becomes subconscious you have to be conscious to get there you have to practice learning new skills. You have to develop good habits. You have to have built a fundamentally sound golf swing. And then all of those things need to be practiced in layers of pressure, ultimately makes it yours, and then it shows up in your subconscious. I hope that gives you a clear understanding of kind of how the learning process goes. Guys, I kind of enjoy this style of podcast where we talk about things that are a little deeper than just golf technique. I think it's fun. I think it's important. Let me know what you thought of it. If you want to see more of it, that stuff matters to me because I'm here to help you all learn and facilitate your improvement on the golf course. That's very important to me. Anyway, I'm going to sign off today. I will catch you back here same time, same place next week. Leave this thing a review. Share it with a friend. Share it with the slicer in your group. Everybody has one. I'll catch you back.